0: Welcome to Destiny is Debatable, a podcast and movement that will encourage you to build your life into the one you want. Here's your host, a guy who's still remarkably tall for his age, John Grimes. Hey, hey, and howdy, howdy. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. Our guest for this episode is the most unlikely millionaire, Jonathan Beskin is his name. And The Least Likely Millionaire is the title of his book. And it chronicles some pretty bizarre and amazing tales of childhood and some craziness that he was able to work through earlier in life and really turn around and um, become quite successful in the business world and change the direction for his family moving forward. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for stopping by
1: thanks for inviting me excited to be here
0: all right the least likely millionaire you are according to your book anyway
1: yeah well uh i definitely am um in my opinion and uh, the book uh goes into that uh in detail but i think there's quite a few other least likely budding millionaires out there as well
0: well maybe we can learn a little bit about that and learn about you um i'm Myself in the process of reading the book, I haven't gotten all the way through just yet, but it's definitely interesting. And I'll note that we'll have it linked in the show notes below to check it out. But Jonathan, before we get into that, I am contractually obligated by my listeners to ask you some wacky get to know you questions. So do you think you can hang in there for some wacky get to know you questions?
1: I'll do my best. Depends on how wacky.
0: (laughs) Okay, we'll see. What's your favorite band or type of music?
1: Uh, that's a really good question that I like. I would say my favorite uh, music genre in general is 80s. Uh, I I like that. I really like all music. I have a boat uh, that I listen to a lot of country. I've been into that, but 80s in general. And I grew up in the 90s, and my favorite band has and always will be Nirvana.
0: Okay, right on. Yeah, so we're kind of similar there as far as probably age I would guess as far as the uh, music thing goes but what about what is it about the 80s is it do you like Rick Astley like that kind of 80s or is it Def Leppard or Motley Crue, or um, maybe Michael Jackson
1: I think I just really like a uh, a feeling that I get uh, from the 80s so I like kind of the
0: nostalgia maybe
1: uh maybe maybe the mellowness maybe maybe this is more of like an 80s pop uh vibe as opposed to like an 80s rock uh where it's uh, kind of soft and uh you know i'm not uh, uh, for lack of a better word like neo and 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 like uh just kind of in the the instrumentals that came out of that period and and it would be hard i mean uh i'm not even sure i would know who risk rick astley was but if I heard his songs that are most popular from the 80s, I would definitely know those. So it's really just a, a feeling I get uh, that that makes me feel good when I listen to that genre of music.
0: Well, you're an author, and we—I—I uh, I, I guess that that makes you a reader. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But do you have a favorite book or author or type of book you like to read?
1: Yeah, I—I uh, I, I wouldn't really classify myself as a voracious reader. I definitely have been through periods of my life and particularly before I started my company, which is one of the main themes in the book, I read uh, quite a bit more than I do now. Now I'm more of a consumer of podcasts, Uh, but really for books and podcasts and all that, it's a lot of nonfiction. So um, I'm looking to see what I can gain. So self-help, biography, um, one of my uh, books that I found most interesting is called "The Wisdom of Psychopaths," and um, it really talks about a lot of parallels between uh, uber-successful professions like uh, serial entrepreneurs, uh, brain surgeons, uh, and um, sharing similar personality traits to psychopathic killers and and really
0: yikes, wow, uh,
1: crazy people, and um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like interesting stuff like that, but uh, primarily nonfiction.
0: So there, there's a link between uh, a psychopath and an entrepreneur. Is that what I heard you say?
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily. Uh, yeah, well, I definitely think that, that most entrepreneurs are are crazy, and I think um, uh, you know sometimes get crazier from being an entrepreneur and some of the ups and downs and some of the loneliness aspects of that. But in general, this book had had literal controlled scientific studies that 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 found links between um, you know the, the the personalities and and the way that these individuals would answer questions on surveys between very successful people um, like heart surgeons, like you know serial entrepreneurs, and these psychopaths who lacked empathy and who, uh, you know, killed lots of people. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I think it's pretty broad and, and, uh, uh, you know, hopefully most entrepreneurs are not uh, becoming psychopathic killers. And, uh, that's not what I'm trying to suggest, but, but that's, uh, was part of uh, this book. This book actually, uh, also includes a few uh, tests that you can give people that I've, uh, kind of done as like a bar trick or a party trick where uh you kind of provide a scenario and uh depending on how someone answers the the ultimate question in this scenario uh to determine whether or not they're a psychopath or a sociopath and uh, most people um that i've given this test to uh have not been but a few have been
0: interesting all right i'll have to check that one out good to know yeah. All right. So you wrote a book and it talks a lot about you and there's a lot of stories in there. But what is one thing that most people don't know about you, even uh, even after you've written the book?
1: Hmm. Um, well, uh, you know, I, I, I think it, it it's hard because I, I really laid myself out there and was very uh, transparent and unafraid to share things that are deeply emotional and uh, that I've been guard against. I mean, I was hospitalized uh, both as an adult as and an adolescent for severe mental illness and anxiety and depression with suicidal ideation, uh, things like that. So, you know, there, there's definitely a lot that's related to the book. That's kind of what I'm focused on. Um, something else that people wouldn't know that, that wouldn't be in the book is that uh, I, I really am just kind of a naturally uh, a loner type, and um, I'm very comfortable being alone. I grew up as an only child, um, and I think that fits sometimes being an entrepreneur because there's definitely a lot of loneliness affiliated with that, but um, I can function with that. Uh, my my uh, Often my most favored companion uh, that I spend a lot of my life with is my dog, uh, who's a four and a half year old uh Victorian bulldog named Maggie. And uh, but yeah, I'm just kinda, kind of kind of a bit of a loner.
0: Okay. Well that may actually be the that, that may spoil the next question. My next question is if you could have an imaginary best friend from anybody in in history, who would it be and what kind of hijinks would you get into?
1: Yeah. Uh you ask a great Great thoughtful questions here that I I feel ill-equipped to to prepare (laughs) for. Since I wish I was given these questions in advance,
0: that's part of the plan. Yeah, no time to uh, put put
1: more thought into. Yeah, I I would say that um, I I have a chip on my shoulder towards people that um, kind of the way I grew up. I grew up in a way where. I was just always doubted against. There, there are people that, that I grew up in a very kind of wealthy uh, community, and I was not wealthy, and I feel like a, a lot of judgment and everything came from that. I'm trying to think of, of someone who would be a role model or or, or someone I uh, look up to, but, um, you know, I'm I'm very fascinated by people like Gary uh, Vaynerchuk. And uh, not to sound cliche from like another um, entrepreneur, but uh, I think a very humbly wealthy, intelligent individual that that's able to uh, effectively, consistently predict uh, where the next trends are happening in the world. Because uh, for example, uh, with my business, uh, my business has gone through a life cycle that has been pretty tumultuous with really, um, incredible highs, not so much low lows yet, uh, but there could be, but uh, it, it's really, you know, to be able to, you know, I think a lot of businesses have a life cycle and a certain time when they're gonna be very popular. And I think it's it takes an incredibly insightful, uh, very knowledgeable person to be able to consistently predict uh, where the next things were. So I'd like to spend some time with Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, picking his brain about where, where the, where the next, uh, big opportunities are.
0: Okay. And finally, if you could give your 19 year old self some advice, what would you tell yourself?
1: Another excellent question. I would tell myself to, um, not be so stressed and to, uh, you know, take the, the, you know, take life as it comes and, and be a little bit more, uh, relaxed and, and living in the moment, uh, then, 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 you know, then I've been able to at times. So just, uh, to, I think that, uh, w- creates more of a rewarding and, uh, relaxed lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Maybe laugh a little bit.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: That's all the hard hitting questions I got for you.
1: That was a little bit wacky. Just kidding. It wasn't
0: that? <laughs> should be smooth sailing from here. So let's talk about the book, The Least Likely Millionaire. Now, this podcast is called Destiny is Debatable. Uh, don't wait to build your life into the one you want. And I kind of feel like your your book hits that exactly. It seems to me like through the pages of this book, that's kind of what you were doing for the most part, whether you knew it or not, was building your life into the one you want. And it took a lot of time to get to that. And maybe you're not there yet exactly at this moment. but Tell us about the book and kind of what the, I don't know, the origin. Why why did you write the book, I guess? Let's start with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Glad to get into all of that. Uh, I think I wrote the book because I've actually, um, uh, embarrassingly enough for my 15-year-old son, uh, I've gone viral on TikTok a number of times. So um, one thing that I've learned through building this business is that I Uh, you know, have an eye for creative. And uh, what really scaled the company was uh, myself uh, figuring out how to run social media advertising um, in-house, myself with no background or experience in these platforms, figuring out what type of content uh, would resonate with what we're trying to sell and just, uh, you know, kind of establishing more of a knowledge base and foundation in social media. So uh, I. Started to, you know, TikTok. When I started my companies, Instagram was really, you know, the the critical. If you're, you know, kind of cultivating a direct to consumer brand, that's where you really need to be. Uh, Now it's really TikTok. And a couple of years ago, even before TikTok was as popular as it was now, I used some kind of uh, uh, sounds and trends that were native to TikTok platform to, you know, do some things about my story. So in a similar flow to how the book goes, that all these people counted me out, uh, told me I was never going to achieve anything in my life, uh, told me all the reasons why my ideas uh, didn't make sense, including people in my family, like my father and others. And I kind of shared that in like a minute long uh, TikTok video. And a few of them went viral, got millions of views. It created a scenario where lots of uh, individuals were DMing me, looking for more advice, looking for coaching. And it it got me thinking that uh, I I have some unique uh, elements to my story. Uh, I think a lot of what's in my story can help other people realize that they're just as capable. There's nothing really that intelligent or unique about me a lot of it had to do with hard work and sacrifice and kind of figuring things out and to find conventional wisdom uh, but I think other people can benefit from it plus I was looking for other ways to kind of uh, you know create revenue streams and and hopefully create somewhat of a brand uh, that I can monetize in addition to these e-commerce businesses that I have
0: now, is it from your son's perspective at 15? Is it cool for dad to be viral on TikTok or not cool? How does that work?
1: Uh, incredibly uncool, incredibly <laughs> embarrassing. And it couldn't, it could not be. I mean, literal devastation uh, that <laughs> I even have a TikTok. It should be deleted. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's an effing joke. And it, it should not exist. So um, to say it's uncool is, is not even close to the level from his uh, hormonal perspective, uh, you know, where, where it is. But uh, yeah, everything I've done, I've done for my, my son and kind of changing his life. And he, uh, fortunately for him, and hopefully he takes advantage of it, is just growing up in a much different way than I grew up and i talk about that in the book and uh but uh uh yeah he 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 he's not a fan and is uh would be mortified if he knew i was even talking about it on a podcast or if he knew anyone that uh became a consumer of my tiktok
0: <laughs> okay well let's we'll try not to get too deep on that but uh, as you mentioned uh i have read some parts of the book where you kind of had a uh, I think what you're referring to there is, is a significantly different la- relationship with your dad than you have with your son.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and one thing I want to mention about the the book is uh, you mentioned the title, I think, uh, The Least Likely Millionaire. For me, what's equally as meaningful is the subtitle. So it's how to succeed when everyone expects you to fail. And one of the main individuals that told me I wasn't going to achieve anything that did Uh, incredibly toxic things throughout my life to me and my mom was my dad. And I think as a business owner and just as a person, I have uh, really troubling trust issues. And I think it's affected my ability to have healthy relationships, romantic relationships, sometimes friendships, Uh, because when you can't trust someone like your your parent, your father, uh, I think it's you know difficult to understand why why it's kind of hard to trust anyone but i share some specific stories in the book so um something that i didn't have the best childhood um i was an only child i spent a lot of time alone my mother worked from like uh 7:30 a.m. till 6:30 p.m. every day so i was by myself after school um i'm jewish and uh, not ultra religious or practicing that much but i had a bar mitzvah and bar mitzvah was going to be my kind of coming out party. And I invited a bunch of friends and my dad got up in front of the congregation at the bar mitzvah and in front of everyone who was there, family, friends, other people in the community, made a speech, uh, bad mouthing my mom, did not uh, uh, congratulate me on this kind of achievement and really just behaved that way in like a very toxic, negative way. My my whole life. And at the time I didn't really, I mean, first of all, obviously talk about embarrassing on TikTok. I mean, that was obviously incredible, incredibly embarrassing for a 13, 14-year-old. But uh it's just one example of 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 someone. And he wasn't the only one. Uh there were lots of individuals that uh throughout my life, uh, particularly adults and sometimes uh, medical professionals, mental health professionals, that told me and my family that there was not a lot of uh, hope for me, and that uh, teachers, I really didn't do that well in in, in high school or, or care that much. And um, you know, fortunately, I was over able to overcome everything. I feel strongly though that if I did not go through the adversity I went through. Uh, I would not have achieved what I've achieved because it kind of, um, you know, hardened me and formed me into to what I've become.
0: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I can't relate to that at all as far as your, your dad and the relationship there. That's just, um, it's lousy. What was kind of the mindset shift there or I guess just even your mindset coming through that and then becoming an adult yourself? That what where where did you find inspiration to pull you through those things?
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, when when these things are occurring, when I'm a, a preteen, a teenager, even a young adult in my early twenties, I don't think I necessarily had the recognition of the magnitude of how kind of negative and how toxic this behavior was that I still cared about my dad and wanted to have a, a dad and uh, wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. Eventually, as I got older and more mature and more aware, that changed. I, I think that, uh, you know, I've done some therapy, but it, it, it really impacted me. I mean, after that occurred is when I spent some time as a teenager uh, going to an outpatient um, mental health Uh, facility. Then uh, later on as an adult, uh, you know, due to debilitating depression, a lot of hopelessness, uh, being on kind of a roller coaster ride of psychotropic medications and doctors and trying to figure out the right balance, I ended up in an inpatient hospital situation. And I think that a lot of the, the, the trauma and a lot of the, you know, I think, People are born. Um, I think I was born likely with some uh, mental illness attributes like uh, n- neuroticism and uh, a higher level of uh, kind of baseline anxiety. But there were definitely some things that that happened in my life uh, that definitely were so traumatic that it, it it just had a lasting effect, and and frankly, still does to this day. So I, I think these are things that you don 't always get over that you figure out ways to 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 move on. I think you know the thing that I talk about the most in the book that 's one of the things I like talking about the most in general is I talk about a concept of healthy obsession, so really, my business became my obsession, and I talk about how I channeled these symptoms of anxiety and symptoms of even depression sometimes. And instead of thinking about how those things were negative and I couldn't control them and my life sucked, I was able to channel that energy, channel that anxious energy into thinking about my business from every angle, into preempting what my competitors might be doing, into taking an idea to a hundred million dollar business in under seven years without raising money um, uh, on my own and having never done it before when lots of other people have tried the exact same business because I just made all these sacrifices and I was so determined to do that, but it really became an obsession and it really became something that I was always overwhelmed by and pushed by. And uh, I, I, I think that concept in general if people focus on things at that level, whether it's a business, whether it's achieving goals like running a marathon, becoming very disappointed about weight loss, what they can do, I think it's a a way that to help them achieve goals.
0: so maybe out of the out of, out of the gate was the healthy obsession is kind of what um, it sounded like you had a lot of time and a lot of energy to think and and maybe you um, through some therapy and some other things. We're able to re-purpose uh, that energy and, and redirect it to something fruitful, I guess, in your life. Which, in this case, would be the business. Is that that sound right?
1: That's exactly right. And I, I think, in general, what I've learned about myself is that when I, I don't have things going on, when I don't have a business, when I don't have things with my kid, when I don't have um, lots of social activities or other things like that. Uh, that's when I get more anxious. That's when I get more depressed. So for me, uh, having a sense sometimes of even being overwhelmed uh, is not a negative thing because it keeps uh, my brain occupied. Uh, it's like regardless of how much money I have, I don't see myself ever retiring because uh, I think in order to stay mentally healthy, I need to be focused on 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 a number of things at the same time.
0: And do you think, uh, obviously, your upbringing and all the things that you went through contributed to this. Um, but along the way, it, it took, I think it took you a long way to kind of get to where you are now. And there were a lot of failures. And you were able to repurpose those as, as, as people can do in life. as You, you learn from failures. Do you have uh, several of those that you uh, worked through as you were going through that?
1: Yeah, quite a few. I mean, um, I, I kind of failed as a a student in in high school and even undergraduate. Um, I had a failed uh, marriage. Um, I didn't really have a lot of other business failures prior to starting this business, but I didn't really have a career, uh, that I was happy with or that I thought was, um, up to my potential or that I ever enjoyed or that I wasn't resentful for. So I think that, uh, I, uh, again, I mean, I think the journey kind of led to the ultimate, uh, destination, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been through some, uh, traumatic, uh, stuff. I, I, the book starts off with me getting, uh, my ass kicked in front of like my whole high school because I ran my mouth off and, um, you know, acted out because I thought I was uh, hot stuff as a, as a teenager. So uh, definitely been through uh, a lot of adversity and definitely have uh, and I still am using the, the, the learnings uh, from that to, to hopefully uh, be better in the future and hopefully have more success than failures, because I know there still will be failures along the way.
0: OK, and you talked about your dad being a kind of a naysayer, I think, in your life, which is, you know, just incredible. But there were other naysayers, too. And I, I, I can't really tell from from what I've read if you're if you're trying to prove the naysayers wrong or you're trying to do the best you can for yourself um, or maybe some sort of combination of that or something different. But what is it that motivates you now?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty insightful question. I think that uh, it, it, it's really a combination of both, uh, but it really started more towards the uh, the former where I was just trying to prove uh, people wrong. And a lot of the people that I was trying to prove wrong are so meaningless to my life at this point, but it the, the scars are kind of so deep. And it's a lot of people from high school. It's a lot of people that uh, treated me like shit, made fun of me for, like I said, it, it was kind of difficult being not so wealthy in a very, uh, wealthy kind of community. And there was a lot of, uh, kind of torment and name calling and, and meanness, uh, directed towards me when I was a teenager. And I think there were some, uh, specific people Uh, As I actually had the idea for my business, which it it is a little bit weird from some people first hear it, that uh, my company that became like a top 200 Inc. 5,000 company and did 80 million in the first five years is called Single Swag. And it's the first and largest monthly subscription service, so subscription box for single women. And you know a lot of people said, what the hell does this uh, straight divorced dad in his 30s know about single women. Why are you starting this company? Who the hell are you? How are you gonna? You've never had a company before. You know nothing. You know nothing about e-commerce. So uh, there was a lot of that. Those aren't. Those are the people that I'm excited to prove wrong. And those are the people I think if you're starting an idea like that. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of inherent uh, doubt and uh, a lot of driven often by other people's insecurities and people thinking that you know they couldn't do it, how could you do it? How could you you know just start a company from nothing when everyone you know is just kind of work more of a corporate career uh, but yeah I, uh, I I kind of uh, lost where I was going a, a bit with that but uh, you know towards your question, but I think, um,
0: a couple things there. Um, I do want to know what you know about single women and what they like, because that's, <laughs> that's certainly interesting. But kind of as a, a tangent to the answer you just gave there, what, is, what, are, what are you doing differently today, knowing what you know about how, how your interaction with your dad was uh, with your son? What, what looks different? How are you going to make your, your son's future better than, than what you were accustomed to?
1: Yeah, well, everything I do is for my son. And um, I talk about my uh, my dog uh, being my companion, uh, but every real decision I make, uh, and I have really, since he was young, uh, have, have really tried to give him so many more things that I didn't have access to when I was growing up, like going on uh, ski vacations or nice vacations. I mean, he's growing up uh, with our boat and learning how to drive a boat and fishing and access to being able to go to more expensive camps or uh, private lessons in sports and, and and all that, but not just the, the kind of um, economic things, but really being there as a parent. Uh, unfortunately, um, it is uh, a similar situation because uh, his mom and I are not married, kind of like my parents were married. The big distinction is that we have a very healthy, Uh, kind of co-parenting relationship. And uh, without, uh, from my view, animosity, um, I've gone out of my way to keep that relationship intact and to um, uh, really just, um, you know, for my son's benefit, uh, because I am still aware of the impact that this still has to me to this day of that toxic dynamic between my mother and my father. Ah, uh, primarily driven by my father, but I really don't want my son to become an adult and have to deal with the same, um, uh, you know, turmoil or, or the same thought process that that I did, or have the same trust issues, or 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 any of that. Uh, I'm not perfect. I definitely have my uh, anxious moments. And uh, when you have a teenager, uh, things can get uh, uh, not always the the easiest. I feel like parenting is never easy. It just uh, changes. I mean, um, it sounds like the difference with your kids is that my kid is at an age where he's just uh, very independent and doesn't need to be around me or Uh, really even want to be around me that much. He wants to spend time with his friends and girls and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, I I think that was a very long-winded way of saying I've gone out of my way to kind of reverse uh, that cycle of uh, being that type of parent to be the complete opposite type of parent for my son.
0: Yeah, I believe that. What do you know about single women and what they want? How did you discover that you know that? Or when did that become apparent to you? Uh,
1: I definitely do not know that, and I definitely um, uh, but you know, I, I think this is one of the things I talk about in the in the book is that uh, I did not need to be an expert in that. Uh, a lot of, you know, just because I have a company for single women and that's marketed towards single women doesn't mean that I need to be uh, an expert in that. When I was starting this company, it was at a time when, Uh, More subscription boxes were becoming hot. It was in a digital advertising environment that was uh, very strong for the advertisers. Uh, So kind of us uh, relative to the environment we're in now, which is uh, not as uh, favorable for the advertisers. But uh, I did some basic research. So one of the first things I did was I literally Googled what gifts would single women like. And I used uh, a few uh, free uh, online gift lists that I found uh, to kind of cultivate or curate the first couple of boxes that we had. Uh, Now, I've learned a lot more about the uh, women's lifestyle uh, product space uh, as the business has matured. I mean, there was a time we were shipping out over 50,000 of these boxes a month all over the world and producing a lot of our own product in addition to working with some third-party established brands and i've learned um, a lot about what women uh like uh i would say that i definitely know about women's consumer products uh but knowing about single women uh from a romantic perspective or knowing about that i definitely don't claim to do that uh, I think uh, what, what's come out of the brand is that oftentimes there are some societal stigmas associated with being single or even being long-term single. And uh, the statistics show that more than half of the world population in the U.S. population of adults is unmarried or single. And more women in particular are making more of a conscious choice to stay single longer. More people are divorced. Uh, so it really is a large part of the segment and some people, uh, some women, uh, subscribe to our service or bought product from us, uh, because there was something for them and because that this was a brand, uh, focused on them, uh, at the same time, none of the products in the boxes have anything to do with being single. So we've also gotten subscribers who don't, uh, classify themselves as being single, whatever their status is, but just enjoy uh, loving themselves with a monthly box. Uh, So it's an interesting dynamic, but uh, I definitely wouldn't describe myself as being an expert in any way on single women or women in
0: general. Are women easier to market to than men in that regard as far as stuff that they would want?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say that that women are easier to market to. What I would say is that uh, women, it, it's easier to cultivate an online community of women, and that's really what we did as a foundational kind of piece of this business with an Instagram account and putting out um, you know snarky, sarcastic memes about different topics that women uh, would like to hear about of dating and relationships. So. Uh, men don't always come together as a group and comment with each other, and uh, uh, you know, talk about these topics the same way that that women do. Uh, so I think uh, I really don't have enough expertise in marketing to 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 men. I have a few of these uh, women's online businesses, so I definitely have more expertise on that. Uh, but I would say from that one point alone is where I think from my perspective, it differs the most is how you can kind of cultivate these um, strong online communities is easier to do with women.
0: Yeah, interesting. You might be right about that. You probably are right about that. You've been pretty successful with that. Let's go back to the book for here for just a minute. Was it hard to write the book? Like like literally just sitting down and writing it? Did you did you find that difficult or was it a cathartic process to to write some of it?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I had help uh, writing the book, Um, so I had a professional kind of uh, interview me and uh, with an objective of uh, trying to find some really exciting things to talk about, um, trying to formulate an outline that that kind of made sense, so uh, I didn't realize that going into it, but it ended up being a very therapeutic, emotional at times uh, experience, because a lot of the, the things in the book, when we talk about that fight that happens at the beginning of the book, um, that's not something that I think about regularly. I mean, in the course of my daily life, a lot of the thing that happened in my bar mitzvah, which was traumatic. Uh, these aren't things that I'm actively thinking about because I am focused on other things, but I also feel like I've uh, put them at a place in my brain that that's deliberately like hidden away. like It's not something that, I, I I want to be thinking about because it's not really that happy a thought. So I think for me, it was definitely uh, emotional and um, uh, therapeutic and uh, difficult. I mean, it took uh, to write, edit the book, publish the book, go through the whole process around two years. And people have said to me that when's your next book coming out? Uh, that's a total TBD at this point because it, it really was an exhausting, um, uh, in some ways, uh, expensive process uh, to put everything together. So it's not something that I have immediate plans to, to do again. Uh, but I am very happy uh, I did it. Uh, the book is a Wall Street Journal bestseller. It's won some um, independent uh, book awards. It's been in some of the top categories on Amazon. Uh, so it's doing uh, relatively well. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it was definitely a, a new process I had not experienced.
0: It's sort of a uh, memoir style book from what I can tell. And it it does definitely go into some business type things. Are there some actionable, you don't have to give the whole book away here, of course, but are there some actionable items that people can uh, use in, in their daily life to to get a hold of their lives or maybe spark their entrepreneurial spirit?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I think I would actually describe the book to someone uh, similar starting that that it is a memoir,
0: uh,
1: but it does include uh, quite a bit of actionable insight and uh, direct advice on how people can uh, start a company, um, use things like healthy obsessions to achieve other goals. And at the end of each chapter, uh, there's a three-part section uh, where people can uh, learn, reflect, and act. Uh, there are some actual activities that people can do. If, uh, they can write uh, things down, uh, goal setting. Um, you know, thinking about you know reframing the way they think about things. So uh, it, it's definitely. I wouldn't say it's a full blueprint to here's what you can do to start an e-commerce business from from X to Z. But it definitely has quite a bit of actionable insight that uh, from people that I don't know who have read it have reached out to me and shared some of the things that they've done since they've written the book and what their healthy obsessions are. And if I could even help them uh, determine what their healthy obsessions could be and that they're at kind of a crossroads in their life and uh, kind of feel stuck in a job or not happy with their familial situation and trying to improve their life, and that they think that uh, a healthy obsession could get them on the right track and trying to you know engage in exercises, to determine what that could be for them.
0: okay. well, that's some that's some great feedback from um people you know, and sounds like people you don't even know that um, validates the uh, the story. and it is tremendous. It's kind of an underdog story. And, you know, that's a great story always, uh, as well. So, uh, Jonathanbeskin.com is where we can find you, uh, I think, and we'll, we'll link to that down in the show notes, but are there other places where's the best place to find the book, Jonathan?
1: Yeah. Uh, so the book is sold, uh, online pretty much anywhere where books are sold on Amazon on barnesandnoble.com books, a million. Uh, You can also get a link to it on the website that you mentioned, jonathanbeskin.com. I also like to connect with people on Instagram. Uh, It's at jbeskin on Instagram, but uh, I definitely love connecting with listeners. I love connecting with people who read the book. So there is a section to contact me. Um, I do some uh, consulting, other projects. So um uh, yeah, I, I'd be excited for as many people as possible to read the book and or uh, reach out to me.
0: Tremendous, Jonathan. Well, I may be one of them. I'm, uh, As my listeners know, I'm in the process of writing, too, and I'm kind of on a similar track to what you were on as far as how long it takes, but it's, uh, it's a great process, and uh, I may have some questions for you, so we will follow up on that. Thanks for stopping by, Jonathan.
1: Yeah, well, happy to help with the book, and uh, thanks for having me
0: on. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much for spending your time with the Destiny is Debatable podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe. It really does help us grow and reach new people. For more information, visit johnbgrimes.com. Destiny is Debatable is a symblem production.